We are in Yavamos Tzadi Tes Amabez 99b, and we are beginning the Gemara for the second half of the Mishnah. Essentially, in today's topic, we will be discussing who is allowed to go into the fields to collect a truma. Truma is the special food that is given to the Kohanim, uh, and not just to the Kohanim, other people could eat it as well. In fact, they could give it to their animals, or to their slaves, or to their family, um, and so different people could eat it. And so the mission is discussed what happens in a case where the Kohen and the slave of a Kohen got mixed up. You don't know who's who. Uh, and the mission said that uh, when they go and collect, <coughs> they have to, excuse me, they have to go together. They'll be required to, uh, to go together. Um, and so we will see exactly why. Uh, but uh, this recording will essentially be discussing who is allowed to go collect, even if you're allowed to eat it sometimes, or your family is allowed to eat it, sometimes you're not allowed to go collect, as we will see. So the Mishnah says that when they go collect, they 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 collect only as one, uh, however much one Kohen would receive. So the Gemara says, I understand. That's obvious. There's only one Kohen. One of them is a Kohen. The other one is his servant. It's his slave. So obviously they only receive the amount that one Kohen receives, and then he has to divide it up amongst his family, amongst his slaves. Uh, he would have to divide it up. They obviously only get one portion. So the Gemara says, no. What this means is, is that they have to go together to receive it from the field. They have to go together. Why do they have to go together? Because the Gemara is about to explain there is a dispute uh, between Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Yossi, as we are about, to, as we'll see in a minute. Uh, is a slave the slave of a kohen? Could he be the one who receives the truma from the field to bring back home? Uh, and this Mishnah follows the position that says that he cannot be the one. Why could he not be the one? He can't be the one because then people will assume that he's not really a slave, but he's an actual kohen. And then even when he's freed, he becomes a Yisrael, he becomes a non-Kohen, he's not allowed to eat Truma after he's free. Um, and so therefore, uh, people might get confused and think that he is a Kohen. So even though he's allowed to eat the Truma technically right now, but he is not allowed to collect according to Rebihuda because people would assume that he is a Kohen. And so there is such a concern that we'll assume that he's a Kohen. The Tanya, this is a dispute between Rebihuda and Rebihosi. The dispute ultimately seems to be about whether or not people will make such an assumption. Do people assume that just because you could collect, does that mean that you're a Kohen? Rebuda says that you cannot give it to the slave because we're afraid, unless unless the master is with him, because we're afraid people will think that he's really a Kohen. Rebiosi says, no, you could give it to the slave. It's just the person has to say, am I receiving it because I'm a Kohen? Or am I receiving it because I'm the slave of a Kohen? If he says that I'm the slave of a Kohen, so then you could go ahead and give it to him. What's their whole dispute about? In the place of Rabbi Yehuda, so they would actually, if you were collecting Truma, they would assume that you're a Kohen with regards to all other areas of Halacha of a Kohen. But in the place of Rabbi Yossi, they didn't make such an assumption. They did not say that just because you're collecting, therefore must be that you're a Kohen with regards to all other areas of law. Okay, so that's an important dispute as to whether or not the Eved, the slave of a Kohen, is allowed to go collect the Truma, the special food that it belongs to Kohen. Do we assume 
that people will all of a sudden start thinking that that person is a Kohen. Tanya. So now we have the following story based on that discussion. Amr Abelazar Bar-Tzadik said, he says that he only testified once. And he says, and they made a, a slave into a Kohen based on my testimony. So the says, could that even be possible? Did he really, Rebelezer Bartzadik, he really uh, elevated the status of this slave to be a Kohen? We have a principle which is found elsewhere in the Talmud that even the animals of the righteous, they do not uh, sin, they do not falter. And the commentators point out that this is specifically referring to the context of timtum halev, of uh, eating something which is forbidden to eat, which causes some sort of spiritual blemish in the body itself. So that animals, because they are connected, the animals of those who are righteous have this uh, protection that so that the, the tzaddikim, they don't they, they, it'll lead to such uh, situations. They aren't, it's not going to lead to takala, it won't lead to uh, such error where the animal is eating something which he can't eat. So then certainly when it comes to a tzaddik himself, when it comes to somebody who's himself a tzaddik, himself is somebody who's righteous, he won't lead to such uh, such an error. Specifically, the commentators point out in the context of eating something which they're not supposed to eat. And in this context, it's talking about a slave who, who he deter, who through his uh, testimony, uh, people assume he's a Kohen, and now he's able to eat Shuma, even though he's not allowed to eat Shuma. Once he becomes free, he's not allowed to eat Shuma. So what does this mean? He says, rather, it doesn't mean that he actually became a Kohen. But they wanted to make him into a Kohen. Not that it actually ended up happening. It wouldn't end up happening from such a tzaddik. But they wanted to, uh, based on the, how did this end up happening. Because Chazra Basra Because he saw that in the town of Rabiosi that this slave was collecting. So he assumed, uh, because once he testified, that's what he saw. He saw that, the, that uh, this uh, slave was the one going out to the fields to collect the truma, to collect the food that's designated to the Kohen. And then he testifies in the place of Rabbi Yehuda. In the place of Rabbi Yehuda, they say that, you know what? If he's actually going, it must be because he's a Kohen. So even though the slave was allowed to do it in the city of Rabbi Yossi, where Rabbi Yossi was in charge, but because he testified in the place of Rabbi Yehuda, so people thought to say that, you know what? He's really a Kohen. Okay. And that concludes that uh, that topic about uh, a, uh, a slave, whether or not a slave is allowed to collect. The Gemara now has a brysa which discusses 10 other people that we don't uh, divide it up. We don't divide it up for them. And we don't uh, give them truma. They might be allowed to eat truma, but we don't give it to them uh, in the field. There are 10 categories of people where we don't give them truma, even though perhaps they're allowed to eat truma, but we don't give it to them in the field. What are these lists? Somebody who's a deaf mute or shota who's not uh, in touch with reality. Those are two people who are exempt from commandments because especially in those days there was no way to educate them and uh, they lacked uh, basic uh, understanding of society and of rules and the concepts and a minor. Also, you cannot give truma to them. Tumtum vajroganes. And so too, somebody who's a tumtum and androganes, somebody who you're not, you don't know their, their gender or they have both, they, they have both genders. 
Ve'evet, a slave, which we discussed before. The reason for a slave is because you need the master with him. Otherwise, you might assume that he's a Kohen. Ve'ha'isha, women, even though women were specifically referring to the wife of a Kohen, they are allowed to eat, but we'll see why they're not allowed to collect. We'll see that why, why that's true in a minute. Ve'ha'arel, ve'ha'tameh, the list goes on for a total of 10. Uh, somebody who is not circumcised, a Kohen is not circumcised, or if he's impure, and the last case is where a Kohen, you're not allowed to give it to a Kohen, who marries somebody who he's not allowed to marry. So let's say somebody who's divorced. So they're not allowed to receive the Chuma either. For the entire list, even though they're not allowed to collect it in the field, in public, but we're allowed to send it to them in their home. You could, we could send it to them to their home, not in the public, except for two cases. Those two cases is the case of somebody who's impure, who's tame, and also somebody who marries somebody who's not allowed to marry. So the Kohen who marries somebody who's divorced. So him too, we never give him. We don't, we don't even send him truma. We don't send him anything. So that's the list of ten. And now the Gemara will go through that entire list of ten. So Gemara says as follows. I understand the first three, the minor, the deaf mute, and the person who's not in touch with reality, all three. Halachically, they are lav b'nei They don't have proper uh, understanding to be obligated in commandments. And so too, over here, Rashi and others explain that over here, therefore, it's not proper to give them truma uh, in public. It's not proper to give them truma in public, even though uh, in private they would be allowed to. We do say that they're allowed to. In private, you could send them truma to their home, uh, but it's not proper in uh, in public. And in public is even if you have somebody who's on top of them, what's referred to as an apotropos, as the commentators point out, even if you have somebody who's in charge of them, in charge of their finances, we still wouldn't give it to them. Um, and uh, we would only send it to their home, perhaps once they're at home. So then uh, with the with the person who's who's on top of them, who's in charge of them, will make sure that they don't make it impure, that they take, treat it carefully. But to do so in public, even if they have an apotropos, even if they have somebody who's uh, in charge of them, it, uh, it's zilusa for truma. It's embarrassing. It's a disgrace for truma to give it to them. Truma is really, it's uh, food which is designated to the kohanim. It's something which is holy food. And therefore, we don't just give it to anybody. So to somebody who we're not sure what their gender is. It's covered. We're not really sure. It's covered by skin or they have both genders so then we say that also in that case as well uh, we don't give them truma because there too also they are a, a they they have a different form as as a person and so therefore uh, we will not give it to them out of the uh disgrace of truma so we're going through the entire list a slave that's what we discussed before and why we're discussing this now a slave you can't because maybe the slave you're going to think he's a Kohen. So we can't give it to him. You cannot give it to somebody who's not circumcised, didn't have a circumcision, or if they're impure because they are a, they are literally what it's referred to as disgusting. They are a disgrace as well, as as we've seen from the other cases in this list. It's a form of a disgrace. So those are all the cases. Uh, one more. You also cannot give it to a Kohen who... Marry somebody that they're not allowed to marry. And what's the reason for that? That coin should be able to have it if they marry somebody who's divorced. No, because there it's a form of a fine. It's a fine that we, we put on the person and we tell them that, you know what, because you 
you violated the laws with regards to a Kohen, therefore we're not going to give you Truma. Not only are we not going to give you Truma in public, if you remember from the list, we're also not even going to give you Truma to your home. We won't give you Truma. There happens to be a big discussion about what happens when people, they, uh, they marry somebody who they're not allowed to marry. Do we, do we not give them certain kibbutim, certain honors, because they entered, in, entered into such a relationship, sort of parallel to what this Gemara is saying, Although maybe you can make some differences. The Aragomar is specifically limited to Kohanim and what the Kohen is allowed to eat. So just like the Kohen married somebody who's divorced and they're not allowed to do that, so too they don't get the merit or the uh, they don't get the truma food, the special food that is given to a Kohen. So maybe you could differentiate. You know, they, the uh, halakhic authorities discuss uh, cases where uh, somebody's married her, they're not allowed to marry. Could you give them certain kibbutz and certain honors in the synagogue or not? So maybe it's connected to this topic, maybe it's not. But the Gemara really wants to know about the final case. Not the final case in the list, but the final case in their analysis. Elisha, for a woman, somebody who's married to a coin, my time up low, why can't she go and collect from uh, her truma from the field in public? What's wrong with this? It's really from the field. We'll see, it might not be in public. This is a dispute between two rabbis. One says, because you know what? People will think that uh, she's really de- deserving of Truma. If they get divorced, she's no longer deserving of Truma. She's no longer the wife of a Kohen. And so therefore we're concerned that they'll continue giving her Truma even after she's divorced. Alternatively, the concern is not about her receiving Truma when she's not supposed to, but it's a concern that she's going to the field and there'll be a problem of Yichud. A person is not allowed to be secluded with another married woman, or with anybody, any woman that they're not allowed to, be, they're not allowed to be with, to have sexual relations with. So we're concerned for yichud that she will become secluded. So my benayu, what's the difference between these two different approaches? So the Gemara gives two different answers. Well, if there's many people around when they're distributing the truma, so then there's no yichud, there's no seclusion problem. That should be perfectly fine. So if the problem is because they're going to be secluded, no, there's many people there. Alternatively, if this is in a place where it's very close to the city, so everybody knows that she's the wife of a Kohen, everybody will know that she's divorced and therefore she's not deserving of the truma. She doesn't get the truma because she's no longer married to the Kohen. So in those cases, it's obvious that uh, that she's divorced. So if the reason is because people don't know, people do know. If the problem is because of Yichud, that they're going to be secluded, well, if there's not very few people there, so then that should still be a concern. So those are the two reasons. In fact, uh, the Rambam, Maimonides, he quotes both reasons. He says both reasons do apply. Uh, and that's the reason why women also cannot collect in uh, from the field itself. We could send it to their home, but they cannot collect from the field. The Gemara continues, So the Gemara quotes the last line of the Bryce. The last line of the Bryce has said that we do send it to all from the ten. Eight out of the ten, we send it to their homes. Truma, even though they, we don't give it to them in the field, except for two cases. Eight out of the ten, what are the exceptions? That we don't even send it to their homes. Somebody who's impure, and also somebody who married somebody who they're not allowed to marry. The Kohen who married, let's say, somebody who's divorced or the like. Um, so why not? Uh, because um, 
because uh, they did something wrong, seemingly. So the Gemara says, in RL, somebody who was not circumcised, they also uh, did something wrong, so we shouldn't give them truma. So the Gemara says, no, the case there, as Rashi explains, it's a case where why didn't they go through a circumcision? Because we didn't let them go through the circumcision. Uh, because they had brothers, they had brothers who died after they were circumcised, so some health concern here. Out of this very serious health concern, we say, you know what, you shouldn't have a circumcision, even though you're still viewed as an RL, as somebody who didn't go through a circumcision, but we're the ones who are telling you not to go through that circumcision, and so therefore it's against your will. But somebody who's tame, somebody who's impure, it's not as much uh, against your will. You could have prevented it somehow. Maybe you could have prevented it somehow, and so therefore we tell you, you will not get truma, we will not send truma to you, even though the rest of your family can eat truma. And you cannot eat truma because you're impure. Uh, We still will not send it to your home. Okay, a few more lines here in the Gemara, and then we will conclude. The first line, we understand. Uh, a slave and a woman, we don't give them truma in the field. We don't do that. But in a place where we do give it to the woman, so then we give it to her first. So the Gemara wants to know what's going on here. We just said that she doesn't get it. What does it mean when we do give it to her? It's not referring to truma. Sometimes we give maiser ani. Maiser ani is the ten percent of the produce that you give to the poor. So let's say the poor person here is a woman. So that's what it's saying. She could collect. Uh, she could collect. Rashi points out here that she collects not in the field but inside the house. Um, she always collects inside the house, according to Rashi. Um, and we give her first. Why do we give her first? Because for a woman, it's even more embarrassing. It's more embarrassing for her to stand there and wait. She gets embarrassed by it. And so therefore, we give her first. And so similarly, interesting final concluding lines here, Amar Rava, Rava said, when he was in court and he was deciding who should go first, When he was running the court, and he had different litigants, different cases come up. When it was men, he would have the men come and have that case first. And then he would have the women come and the women would be waiting. Why would he have the men first? Originally, he said that you should have the men first because they are obligated in mitzvot. They have to study Torah. They have many mitzvot that women do not have. And so therefore, they have to go first. Not because they're better, but because uh, they have the same level of holiness, but because they have uh, more, more responsibilities, uh, perhaps because they have a little bit more time um, and uh, because women have, have less time they have more uh, other responsibilities um, family responsibilities other types of responsibilities and so therefore he would initially he would have the men go first so that they could be involved in other mitzvahs but then after seeing this and hearing about this he realized that really women should go first because it's it's not right to have them wait around just wait and wait until their case comes up and so therefore he would have women come first and then afterwards he would deal with cases that are involved between men. Okay, so this concludes the discussion about who is allowed to go and receive the truma in public. Not about who gets to eat it, but who has to go, who is allowed to go and collect the truma. Uh, we had 10, 10 categories of people who are not allowed to go. Uh, eight out of the 10 you do send to their home. And we'll continue with this Gemara in the next recording.